This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Sky Blues Extra. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Sky Blues Extra podcast, which as always is kindly sponsored by Shortland Horn, Coventry's leading estate agents. I'm David and of course I'm joined by Matt this evening. How are we doing? Very well and also Andy. Evening Dave mate, you okay? I'm very well. After a short hiatus from the international break, um, where we, my wallet actually had a chance to replenish itself from the onslaught from the Avanti West Coast train company. It seems I'm on there every week. Um, and the England national team thrashed the coach and horses B team in San Marino. But um, apart from that, it was a, an unwelcome break, I guess, from, from domestic football, but um, a chance to do a few other, other things, Andy. Yeah, very much so. Uh, you know, do a bit of the family stuff, you know. Um, England got two good results, but like you say, they were playing useless opposition, weren't they? But it, I mean, it was just nice to have the football back generally domestically yesterday, wasn't it? And today as well. So good to have the uh, domestic calendar back, to be honest with you, Dave. Yeah, exactly. Always a nice uh, weekend, though, Matt, without the 90 nerve wracking minutes we usually have following the Sky Blues. That's the thing. Yeah, kind of. Uh... My other half will tell you it wasn't really kind of a, a letdown in terms of the sporting side. It still stayed fairly sporting heavy in, in my household as it usually <laughs> does at a weekend, but just maybe a little less intense as it would be with a with a cough game going on. So yeah, probably nice for her in particular to not have that <laughs> stress um, with the with the cough result. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And let's kick straight off, obviously, with that game that took place yesterday. Sky Blues took on the Blades, didn't they, at Bramall Lane? Another ground for myself it was ticked off, so it was nice to visit a nice traditional style old ground again. Um, but it was a bit of an incredible, sort of tight and nervy affair, um, Andy. And did the match stats look the same as that? 
Yeah, but I looked at the stats, and the stats are strange because I thought we controlled the game for much of it, uh, apart from the last 25 minutes. But if you yeah. look at the stats, it, it's quite intriguing because it really favours Sheffield United. But I'll go through them. Um, we had 43.3% possession. Uh, we only had we had nine shots compared to their 13 with four on target. We completed 301 passes compared to their 438. So it shows how much dominant they had on the ball, which surprises me a little bit. Um, and defensively, we won 18 tackles compared to their 16. But it's, they said they won a lot more in the air than us. We only won 18 and they won 32. But I thought we were quite good in the air, especially towards the end of the game. But, you know... Stats are rubbish, aren't they, Dave? We won't take much notice of them this week, shall we? <laughs> <laughs> they are, and they, but they also don't lie. I mean, it felt like we mm, had the They're doing the dough, this is what I mean. Minutes. Yeah. You know, I, I, I didn't think Sheffield United for the first half could get a look in, really, and it felt like we were oh. in control, but the possession stats towards, obviously, don't, don't, um, Probably, don't show that, do they? Maybe our stats provider just looked at the last 25 minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> maybe. Uh, but well, yeah. it was it was um, it, like we say it was a tight affair, and away from home, Mark Robbins has sort of started to spearhead, hasn't he, with one up top, and he and he did the same here, Matt, um, with with obviously Victor Jokeres uh, leading the line, but with just the one up top. What was your thoughts on the formation? I mean, yeah, in all honesty, I was quite surprised when I first saw it, given the the form that Godden's been on, and and obviously he's coming into the game with you know pretty much a goal a game in the last five or six or so and, and obviously had a big impact in the team. So it was quite surprised initially, but when you kind of, I guess, stopped to, to look at it and thinking a bit more um, detail about the opposition who, get, who we were coming up against. I know a lot of people say, look, you know, look at the league table. We were coming into it in fourth. They, they were 17th and, and everything else, but there's still got to be respect for the players that you, you're coming up against in, in this team and the players they've got across their squad as well. And I kind of just stopping to think about it a bit more. I, I didn't mind it, to be honest with you, kind of going three in midfield and trying to, to control the game. I, you know, ultimately yesterday, um, from my own perspective, I think if, if we were coming away without a loss, I, I was going to be happy with it. Um, yeah. I know we've, we've done really well this season and, um, and that's been fantastic. But any kind of result yesterday was something to look at in a positive light. And I think, kind of playing through in the midfield, trying to get that control, which we, um, which I felt, as Andy says, we we really did. And it's difficult because I think a lot did kind of change in those last 25 minutes where we where we changed formations and went two up front. And I think if you'd have taken the stats at, at 65 minutes, it would have been quite a, quite a different read. But kind of going yeah. back to the stats as well, you see it so often this season, it's quite surprising that teams actually want to have the ball because it just seems to be the way now that it's generally the team who who has kind of the lower possession percentage that yeah. that comes up with the win. So it's almost surprising when you you kind of see teams that that um that kind of you know hold the ball. But no, I, I think we were comfortable, and I think it was it was the right move to try and ensure that we got something from the game. Yeah, no, agreed. This is exactly that. And and early on in the game, it was Hamer doing Gustavo Hamer things, Andy, spraying the ball around with ease. And um, early on, O'Hare picked up one of the balls um, and released Sheaf, who whose shot was um, was saved, wasn't it? But really good attacking play start at the start of the, of the fixture. Yeah, it was a decent save from Fodringham. Um, it was a good shot by Sheaf and... Like you said, I thought Hamer had a good game all game. I thought when he went off, we lost a little bit of control. Um, I thought him and Sheaf were excellent all game uh, when they were together. 
and uh, that was a good move and um, a good decent effort by Sheaf and a, a good good save by the Sheffield United keeper Fodringham and uh, yes a sign of really of our intent in the game of controlling the game and you know I was like Matt said I was surprised with Godden being dropped but um, Robbins knows better than me and um, huh. I think um, having four in midfield really helped in that box really helped our control in the game away from home and and maybe because of our away form being so poor this season, that might be something we'd probably go. Because I thought um, yeah. Vic up top was fantastic as well. The way he held the ball, yeah. he brought others in. He's perfect for that one up top role. And um, I'll, I'll be quite surprised away from home if he, if he, if he plays two up top, uh, especially against half-decent sides. Because Sheffield, you know, I know they're not doing very well this season. Let's make no mistake. They're a wounded animal. They're, they're, they've got some really, yeah. really good players in their yeah, team. So, and uh, who played in the Premier League last season. So, fair play to Robbins. That was that was a decent uh, tactical tweak by him. Yeah, good. Yeah, exactly. And and both wing backs were, were really enjoying themselves um, yeah. early on. I think it was Kane. He fizzed one across the box, and it was was cut out before Jokeres could perhaps get on the end of it. But how do you think we coped without the suspended Matson, uh, Matt? He, he, you know, with him being out, you were happy to see Kane back in the squad. I think kind of you went back maybe you know a couple of games before the, the international break. I think people probably would have been quite quite concerned about it, knowing that. Uh, yeah. Uh, a suspension was on the cards for him but I think that cameo certainly had against Bristol City it almost made people quite excited about the fact of him him getting a bit of a chance to play from the start you know he's an experienced he is an experienced player now he's somebody who um, I think we said it a few weeks ago he's kind of he was around Chelsea for a long time for a reason they always thought there was there was something there that could kind of develop yeah. and, and he was around kind of England setups for for a long time as well and there's definitely a player there, and I, I didn't never really had any issues with him as a as a defensive option. And, and I think obviously what we've seen in terms of kind of what he can bring to the team from his delivery has been fantastic. So I think there's probably actually almost a little bit of excitement. It's probably quite indicative of this season against kind of last season as well, because you think um, you know anybody really going out of our starting eleven last season, you kind of worry and with no offense to certain people, but you're probably worrying about who it was who's going to going to yeah, replace them but now yeah. it doesn't feel that way and I obviously kind of a bit of a mention to, to Darbo as well kind of um, you know handling the, the shift as well as, as well Playing as he did position yeah yeah I think it's massive because you kind of you look at that now and you think well we've got the the three players who you know between Darbo Matson, and um, and Kane you kind of think well two out of three either, either option is not going to be too bad and if you think Darbo can kind of be a bit to of, rotate yeah exactly exactly it kind of means you kind of covered from either side, even if one of the three goes out at any stage. So, so it's a good thing going forward. Yeah, exactly. Interesting enough, we've talked a lot about final ball from from the wingbacks, Andy. Where do you rank Kane in that sort of um, the final ball? Because I think a lot of people have felt Matson, although he's he's you know he's obviously got bags of pace and his positional awareness going forward is is really really good. He gets in some great positions. Sometimes his final ball isn't isn't always there, is it? And 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 Dabo, you know, at times I know we we struggle. We always do talk about it, but it's very hard. To um, I suppose um, you know knock Dabo in in because obviously the Sky Blue Army love him and and we all do but he's quite a hard player to to criticise I think at times because of just how how high highly regarded he is from from you know both playing staff and obviously supporters but yeah in terms of like final ball in, in, in ranking where do you put put Todd Kane top 
Do you? Yeah. Yeah. He, he's, yeah, he, I think, he yeah. fizzes him in, doesn't he? And they, they're always yeah. fairly accurate. And we yeah. see that goal that, that Vic scored, wasn't it, at home? And, and it just goes to show that he, he has got a really good final product, hasn't he? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, his delivery for, I think it was Walker's goal, wasn't he, at Blackburn as well, was yeah. absolutely fantastic. And yeah, I think when he gets into the position, um, I think his delivery is, not, you know, nine times out of ten spot on. So the thing is, what frustrates me with... Um, and listen, look, look, these three have got different attributes. You know, you've yeah. got Matt, Matteson, who's brilliantly defensively. Um, he's got, the, you know, won the most tackles in the championship. So, you know, um, Dabo gets up and down the wing superbly. But it, to answer your question about who has the best delivery when they get in the position, in yeah. an attacking sense, for me, Todd Kane all day long. Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, when you're watching Dabo and Matteson, they get in the position, but a lot of the time they don't really visit across the box. They don't get into that corridor of uncertainty. And it, you know, it flatters to deceive at times. It's an area of game, area of their game that which they can really improve on. But I think regarding Todd Kane, I think his his delivery in them in their positions into the box is is absolutely fantastic. And I think he's the best of the club at fizzing it in, to be fair. Yeah, it's a really good position to be in, in a way, because last mm. season we struggled, didn't we? Because no one wanted to yeah. play second fiddle for McCallum and um, Ryan Giles. N- neither of the parent clubs wanted their player to play second fiddle, did they? And no. we qu- we quickly saw that that was why, you know, Ryan Giles went went, went back um, and went mm. went out to Cardiff, I think, wasn't it, on, on loan after that? Because they yeah. wanted him to be playing minutes, and we completely understand that. Whereas... We, we, you know, Todd, Todd Kane's situation is, is different. Um, he, he was probably told that he was, was probably going to be more of a, uh, a squad player than a first, time, mm. first team starter, perhaps. And um, so, yeah, I think the balance in terms of playing time, you know, and, and just dressing room, uh, it, it seems like it's a little bit be- better than it perhaps was um, in the previous season. Yeah, and you have to remember, you know, um, McCallum and Giles weren't—they're not very—they weren't very experienced at Championship level, were they? Yeah, that was probably their first taste of it. Yeah. Um, but with Todd Kane, he's experienced. He's played at Championship level with Hull. He's played at Championship level with QPR. You know, you get an experienced wing back, which, you know, McCallum and Giles have got bags of potential. Don't get me wrong, but they're not as experienced as Todd Kane, are they? And I think it shows in his performances. Yeah, no, agreed. Back to Bramall Lane and um, we went into the break goalless um, and restarted without any changes, Andy. Did you think the game at that point was screaming out for anything or were you happy to see everyone come come back out? Not really, because I was quite happy. Um, you know, when you go to Sheffield, I was worried about this game. You know, after the pod, I was quite like buoyant after the uh, Bristol game and I thought, yeah, I was looking at Sheffield United results and I thought, yeah, we'll do these, no problem. But then as the week went on, and, and sorry, the two weeks were out, however long. It's, that felt like a month. But, you know, it, it, I, I, I started thinking and looking at the results and look at their team. And they look like a wounded animal to me. Um, they had, they've got a lot of, you know, experienced players, played at Premier League level. And I was worried about this game. So I wasn't... It's a you tough know, place to go as well. It is, it? and it's a horrible place to go. We never get a good... Ever since losing the FA Cup quarterfinal there, we never get a good result at Brownwell Lane. Not very often anyway. Um, and you know, but yeah, to answer your question, we were in good control, so I was quite happy with it. I didn't really want any changes, Dave. I thought we were controlling the game really well, carving out a few decent opportunities, um, and I thought we were really, really controlling the game. And and I think Robin's 
by his own admission, made a bit of a mistake bringing on the subs later on in the game. So no, I thought we. I was quite happy to bring the, uh, the the eleven that finished the first half on for the second half. Yeah, brilliant. And shortly after we we came back out, it wasn't long before we sort of broke down the left again, again in those wing back positions, and it was Dabo this time crossed over to Jokeres. Um, he sort of made a bit of a nuisance of himself and, and it fell to Alan who shot. That was blocked and then it came out to, to Callum O'Hare, Matt. Um, he was subsequently booked then for simulation, uh, an all too familiar phrase that we're seeing across the leagues now. Um, what was your thoughts, Matt, on, on, the, on the penalty? I, I think it was a penalty, personally. I mean, some of those, I know VARs, uh, yeah, I'm sensing some, some disagreement. <laughs> That's I good. don't know. Healthy debate. <laughs> I, but I the thing know. is, if, you that, if that goes on VAR, and I know VAR is a bit of a contentious yeah. point for most people, but yeah. the initial tackle for me is a penalty. What makes it difficult is, you know, and I don't want to, it's a, it's a weird one because it's almost kind of, it's a penalty, but also it is simulation, if that makes sense. Because he kind he of, has to go he does, down the, touch, the foot, he? yeah, the foot kind go. of goes over, goes over. He kind of like, it's as if he's, as if he's, when he's on his way down, he kind of like is making a bit of a show of it. And yeah. he's, it's just some weird thing where he flicks his leg out almost to kind of like show, you know, I've, I've had a knock there. And it's, I think that's what, what kills it. It may I not have been the, given anything. The thing anyway, is, but... is that whenever we talk about these, it's always, it's always easy to talk about, isn't it? But when it's at game pace, if that makes sense, it's all so much different, isn't it? And, and we've yeah. all played the game and we've all, you know, there's always, you know, how often do we see um, defenders that are backed into a corner and then as soon as they get a little tap on the back, they go over. It's no mm. different, really, is it? You know, when a when a, a defender's shielding a ball and they get a little bit in the back, it, nothing really than, than a shoulder barge, but they'll it's, go over, won't they? And it, it feels to me a bit a bit the same, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's, it's kind of the shift of momentum as well. I mean, kind of the ball comes in and and um, Bakarez, I think, is the one who heads it back in. Kind of a defender's obviously going one way, and then the ball's going backwards, whereas they might be thinking it's going the other way. And that starts to, I don't know, it just kind of, it's an unnatural movement then. So they're kind of out of shift. It's a short period of space. So it's kind of, it's very easy to put in a clumsy tackle there. And, I, you know, yeah. I, I think that, I think the leg's there. I think it's kind of close enough that he almost has to go over. I think there's a little bit of, little bit of contact there as well. But it's just the fact of, and like you say, it's easy to say when you watch it, you know, 10 times afterwards, and God knows how many yeah. angles and, and yeah. it's slowed down to, you know, whatever percentage of, of the actual play. When you're in the game and you're reacting, you probably, I can, you can understand. It's not to kind of maybe criticise the fact of, of what he did because you can understand almost a reaction. You've uh, that It almost makes you think he has felt a touch because, and then he's just like, I want to, I almost want to show the fact that I felt this touch here. And it's yeah. a little bit of a weird movement yeah. and when you see it back look I mean the referee hasn't seen it like that but it's obviously um been enough for him to to, to not give it but I just think it's one of those if it's if it's Premier League if you look back at it in a few different angles um yeah I just wouldn't be surprised to to see, see it given it's, it's yeah. also not one that I'm kind of I'm I'm screaming at the TV that's that it's not given either if I'm honest with you I, you know it's not it's not one where you're kind of saying it's the worst foul in the world and you think how is he not given that so it's, yeah. it is a bit of a 50-50 one and I'm not you know we all if there's any kind of decision that goes against, there's any football fans thinking um, we've been robbed in it and it's a, it's a conspiracy and whatever else. And I, you know, I don't feel like that at all about it, but I do think... It's just one um, of them that the you've seen them either way you go, haven't they? they exactly, go yeah. yeah. No, I agree. And Andy, you, you think there was a bit of too much... Or like you say, you probably should have gone down on the original touch if it was strong enough. Yeah, I think if he goes down with the original touch, I think 
he probably gets Cause he it. Did, he but... didn't get he didn't get the ball, did he? And he clearly no, got he didn't. Ankle. He dived in, but yeah. But the whole simulation after the you know, and it just like Matt said, he's flick of the leg. It just looked like not a penalty. You know what I mean? It just didn't look like one afterwards. I I know the initial contact there was a little bit of contact, but then he should have gone down instantly. Perhaps he was just trying to you know creep on his feet, but then it looked a bit daft that he carried on and then went over. So. Oh. You know, the ref, if he maybe had gone straight down, he would have maybe have gave it, but perhaps with us and refs, he probably wouldn't have gave it anyway, would he? So, <laughs> so uh, perhaps we just uh, move on from that and uh, just take it on the chin. Exactly. And then there were some substitutions, obviously, that came just after the hour mark. It was Godden and Walker, and they came on for uh, Hamer and, and, and Vic. Thoughts on these? Uh, I'll start with you, Andy, um, but I will come to you as well, Matt. It's just just interesting to know you know on on those substitutions and maybe talk about the you know the substitutions and, and the impact that they had um i would have um hindsight that's always a good thing isn't it in football and um you know you look in 25 minutes to go robbins yeah. gets criticized by the sky blue army about the, the hayman one is quite self-explanatory isn't it because of the booking yeah 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 but then we lost control when he went off yeah, but he could have brought Kelly on for Hamer, couldn't he? Yeah, um, maybe. Um, you know, obviously because Kelly came on later, didn't he? But um, I don't. Yeah, I, I don't. It just didn't work, did it? You know, Tyler Walker coming on. You know, you could applaud Robbins for saying, you know, he's gone two up top. Yeah, you know, and trying to go for the win because people criticise and saying he, sometimes he doesn't, but. It just didn't. We just lost control in the game. I think their midfield overpowered us. Um, they came more. Do you think more, Godden more and into... Walker work well enough together? Do you think they're Walker's, too Walker's, similar? Godden's, Godden's fine. Um, I think he works the, the line not too bad. I don't think he's good as Vicar doing it, but I think he does chase the channels and run down the channel. Tyler Walker doesn't. Yeah. And he's a, he's a lad that has to start games. I don't think he's a very good impact sub. He's mm. not going to hold the ball up. He's not going to chase down the channels. Yeah. He's That's a finisher. Tyler Walker's a finisher. He's almost yeah. he's almost in the he's almost playing the wrong role, isn't he? As yeah. a as a because yeah. he's not an impact sub, no, is he? Not. An Im, no. an impact sub, and that's. That's why I think, you know, personally myself, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing Waggy get back fit because he offers something slightly different, um, which probably could be impactful um, to me. But it's, yeah, it's a very difficult at the moment. There's a lot of, you know, moans and groans as there always is on the, the terraces. And, um, you know, and, and, and unfortunately, Walker's coming in for a lot of that um, criticism, I guess, um, just because of the maybe the style or the type of player that he is and but I think I agree with you I'm not sure he's a an impact player I think he does need some time to to grow grow into the game yeah. um yeah. he's and, a better and, starter than finisher Dave I think yeah I think you look back at his his history kind of with the club and but obviously he probably hasn't started a lot of games but I kind of I was I was looking at this after the game yesterday because I've that exactly the same. He just doesn't feel like somebody you bring on and you look back at his history and you're kind of trying to pick out his best games for us. And he obviously had two games earlier this season where he scored, where he both games, yeah. I think he started in. Go back to, that's it, yeah. You kind of go back to last season though. I think Stoke, he started and he yeah. scored. Um, Rotherham, he started and he scored. But his best game for us, I'd say comfortably, was the 
lunchtime kickoff last season against Brentford where we won 2 and he scored both goals, started that yeah. game. Yeah. I, you, I just looking back through, he is somebody that... It's very easy, isn't it, to forget to some of those performances, I guess. I think I think he's a I think he is a good striker. I think when he gets I think he's a confidence player as well. And you look at him sometimes and just little things that stand out. You know, Bristol City when we scored that third goal, everybody else is going crazy, and he's a little bit little bit reserved. He's not he's not exactly fully in there. And it's not that I don't think he he wants the team or the club to do any less well than the, the other players or anything like that. Yeah. I just think he's very conscious, even in that moment, of his own performance and, and kind of his own goal scoring record in um you know probably you're talking about strikers you know other strikers maybe it will take them a day in that situation to get to that point but then they'll think okay right well I didn't score and and, and maybe kind of get that frustration now I think he's he's just somebody who's probably quite used to scoring goals he's gone on loan um obviously league one and league two teams but been the main guy scored goals I think he's somebody who if he starts um probably could do all right in the championship as well but he's not the other side is at the moment he's not he's not doing enough to warrant kind of being above the other players that we've got up front so it's kind of a bit of a catch-22 for him but he's not somebody I would say give up on and, and like I say we've seen flashes from him in the past but um it's a weird one because if we're saying he's got to start or well, how do we get to that point it's got to be when other people are injured and it's not something that we particularly want is it because you know we've probably got the strikers above them well we certainly got the strikers above them at the minute yeah, I suppose that you know the the thing that it's very easy to forget as a football fan is that um, Coventry City is a is a football squad, isn't it? And there's a squad of players, and and we will need everyone at some point, and everyone. So, it, it, you know, you can't just have a fixed eleven with a couple of like high impactful subs. Like it unfortunately doesn't work like that, and that's that's why you know we still need um, many. You know, and it was great to see actually. Uh, uh, um, you know, uh, shippers um, warming up and at half time, uh, you know, obviously we still hold him in really, really high regard. And it was just, it was really nice. There was a few touching moments between him and the fans that, you, you know, could see that, you know, he's a player that's struggling to get some game time, isn't he? But at the same time, you need squad players. You, that's how, you know, you have to have 22 man squads um, to, 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 to enter into the, the championship. So it's not going to go anywhere. Um Obviously, Matt Godden came on uh, then, as we just discussed, and uh, he had a, a really good chance from about 25 yards out. It was a bit of a tight angle, um, and it was his first touch, actually, um, and he took it first time, Andy. Do, do you think there was anything that he could do? He, he worked the keeper, didn't he? Yeah, that's all you can ask from from there. He hit the target, which he does quite often, doesn't he, Godden? And, you know, he looked sharp when he came on. Um, that was a decent effort from far. And uh, he tested the keeper, and that's all we can ask from from there, really. Yeah. Yeah. And O'Hare broke, broke the play down and, and went forward. I don't, I, I said yesterday, I don't really think that Jokerez got that sort of chance, you know, when we were sort of two or three, three on two. And yeah. he didn't really get that chance, Jokerez, yesterday, whereas no. obviously Godden had that straight away. And I know Jokerez yeah. probably would have turned and put it back on his left, but yeah. he didn't have a lot of chance where he was sort of like one on one. Um, or, or, you know, with a, a defender closing down, he always seemed to have defenders in front of him um, yeah. in the first half, which I think was was a bit of a shame. But yeah, That's Godden, what happens in games, though, doesn't it, Dave? It's like yeah, it opens it, up towards it, the end, it does. doesn't it? Yeah. But it's more tighter in the first half. But Vic's goals will come. Um, I think regarding uh, Big Vic, I think um, his goals were around the corner. I think the uptake in his performances, I think he got a bad injury 
at the Blackburn game. I think it's taken him time to get back to form and back to um, get through that. But I've seen encouraging signs over the last couple of days. I don't think goals are too round the corner, uh, not long round the corner, Dave. Yeah, exactly. It felt like a bit of a backs against the wall job, Matt. Um, Sheffield United then went on to have two glorious chances. Uh, first of all, it was McGoldrick who, who blazed over the bar, the Sky Blue, ex Sky Blue, sorry, doing us a bit of a favour there. Um, we do seem to let these teams have these sort of 10, 15 minute flurries, Matt. It is it is a bit of a worry. And I think I've kind of um, mentioned it a couple of times in, in previews going into away games. I just thought we've, we've seen it a few times. QPR, you know, obviously Blackburn, we were able to come back in and get a point, but it was a, definitely a, a flurry before the end of the first half there. And Preston, I, I don't think we could call Luton maybe a flurry because obviously what what happened in the end, but it kind of, it started from that almost, you know, they, they just got a, a really good start and then we were, back to the wall and we just put ourselves in these these difficult positions so um yeah I mean look I think a lot changed on on the subs as, as Andy mentioned before and it is easy on hindsight to say obviously when he brought the two strikers on and was going to up top it, I think most of us are probably thinking great we've done the hard work we've got to the latter part of the game nil nil and, and this is what's going to give us the maybe the better chance to to get that goal but obviously it kind of went a completely different way and it did completely change the game up I was with Andy kind of looking looking back on it. Probably would have been right to, to bring Kelly on for, for Hayman and make that a bit of a straight swap and, and keep that experience in midfield and try and retain retain the ball a bit better. But yeah, they um they kind of came at us. And obviously when the, when McGoldrick comes on and when that chance is coming to him, you're thinking it's classic situation, old boy's gonna get the goal and uh, you know and, and ruin the game for us. But um no, I mean he should should do a lot better with the chance. It's um I kind of watched it back. It's one of those you're watching live and you think it's almost Maybe it's it's coming in on a bad bounce, or it's gone behind him, and he's had to scoop it a little bit, and that's why it's been flashed out or or whatever yeah. else. But you you watch it back, it it isn't really. It bounces quite nicely in front of him. It's um it's not it's not behind him. It's it's there to be hit, and he just he just absolutely balloons it over. To be honest, it's a classic example of a striker who's obviously you know a little bit cold at the minute and, and not yeah. foreman. Um, yeah. just the, the technique isn't there but yeah it was a start of a, of a bad period for us for sure yeah and then Cy Moore Andy made a terrific save um, sort of down low wasn't it to his left and it took a bit of a deflection as a fellow keeper was you in, impressed with this all about reactions Dave um, fantastic fantastic big save a huge time that's, dif- that's the difference between going home with no points and going home with one point on the road um, which you know he was going one way, he deflected, and he had to go the other way. All about reaction times from him. Fantastic strong hand from Simon And um, I've said it hundreds of times on this podcast, he makes big saves at big times. And uh, another massive save at a big time that got us a point on the road. And I can't sp- I think he's the, I'm saying it now, I think he's the best keeper in the, in the championship. I think he's been, he's absolutely fantastic and I can't be I can't speak highly of him enough of him he just every time he comes and um, relieves the pressure off the defence as well it's just not his saves it's his calm influence on the back three and he must be a joy to play behind if you're a centre half an absolute joy and I think um, at times I'm not sure that's what we always had is it and and I I, I think back to early um, league league one days when yeah. like the the Rotherham 
you know the Rotherham game when we we got yeah. beat four nil. We we just we seemed to just want to keep playing it around the back at that time, even though it was clearly not working. <laughs> Do you know yeah. what I mean? As though, as, though, as though that we didn't have confidence as players enough to say no, we're not going to play the way that Mark Robbins wants us to play for the next fifteen minutes because it's putting us in 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 the shit basically. Um, and it, whereas I think, uh, yes, we still play that football, don't we? But often I think it now go feels like it goes longer at times, or yeah. or it's sort of yeah. pinged out to wings, um, but yeah. still hitting a man, um, yeah. and less of a fifty-fifty. So, no, I agree. Simon continues to impress, and um, yeah, it's been a really, really good um, summer signing um, for the Sky Blues. So, I'm going to take some man of the matches, then, guys. I'll go with you first, um, Andy. Uh, Fads, for me, um, I think um, he's playing his best football of his career with the Sky Blues at the minute. Um, yeah. And talking about making big saves at big times, he made a massive block at a huge time as well. Um, huge, huge defending in the last five minutes by Fads to get us through, to get us a point as well. And that that was just as as good as uh, Simon Moore's save. Um, but I'll give it to Fads. And... Um, Special mention to um, Todd Kane and Dabo as well, because then obviously Todd was brilliant down the right-hand side and, and Dabo playing out of position as well. I thought he did a really good, good shift and um, you couldn't really notice he was out of position. So that's how, how well he played for me. So, uh, But no, fads for me. I thought he was uh, outstanding. And Matt? I'd have to agree, to be honest with you. I think um, it's probably one of those games most... Most of the side were, were okay. They were decent. They were seven, seven point fives, and you're looking at people who maybe nudged themselves to kind of an eight, an eight point five, or whatever it might be. And um, yeah, he's he's definitely the one that stands out. You know, Giacomo's in the first half was fantastic without getting a goal. He, he he held the line or held the ball up brilliantly and and did a great job and deserves a lot of credit. But obviously, you know, came off early and, and maybe struggled a little bit more in the time he had in the second half. And I would say particularly Darbo for kind of the job he did what would be considered out of position for him as well you know obviously got a lot of respect for that but yeah McFad seen in terms of you know leading that line um it's a game that kind of suited him quite nicely I think Billy Sharp isn't the worst striker for him to come up against you know maybe if it was Rian Brewster it would have been a little bit more of a worry but it's the kind of yeah. um striker I think it suits him quite nicely but you still got to go out there and um, and put the performance in. I think he led led that back line really nicely, and and obviously had a few standout moments like that. But I mean, that's going in, you know. For, uh, even with Simon Moore, <laughs> probably the best goalkeeper in the league. I, I think it, you look at it from behind. That that one's going in, and he's he's putting an absolute fantastic blocks. So it's as good as the save, really. So, um, but yeah, all round game. He, kind of, it's one of those you go to your old club and you you worry if a player's going to kind of um, dip a little bit, or you but you boyhood club you worry if a player's going to dip a little bit or if they're going to go the other way and and stand out and I think he did for sure you're listening to Sky Blues Extra no longer now than the landlords versus tenants derby will host Birmingham at the Sky Blues uh, sorry at the CBS on Tuesday night with 4,000 away fans making the short trip for what will be an incredible atmosphere but a really really important game I'm going to go to both of you uh, with this one but starting with Andy is this a must win fixture? Uh, well, I wouldn't say must win um, but if we want to keep our you know Premier League uh, assault dreams. dream going then yes um, depends on where you look at it um, yeah. 
Um, At the start of the season, it wouldn't have been a must win. No, it wouldn't have been. And neither would Bristol City. We want to consolidate, don't we, in these playoffs? So to answer your question, yeah, must win. (laughs) (laughs) Matt? No. (laughs) I've got to be honest. I mean, me, I'm not a big fan of that phrase in general. It's just one of those phrases kind of, (laughs) no, yeah, probably, yeah, I hate that. (laughs) Terribly. The the whole must win thing, I just, I'm not a big fan of it. I just, must win kind of for me is you must win this game to to kind of stay up up or or get into the playoffs or do whatever. Obviously, there's a little bit of artistic license there. It's not just going to be that. If you're kind of a bit closer to the end of the season and and you really need it to kind of keep yourself in contention, then it's maybe a little bit more um, understandable and acceptable. But yeah, certainly not in this situation at this stage. I, I mean, you look at it, it, it's definitely a big one too. When I, I'm not, I'm not kind of shying away from that fact. Certainly, given yeah. the, the two teams that we've got afterwards, because if we weren't it, to win exactly it, that, yeah, I think yeah, that's, they're, they're I think that's games. what the way that I suppose the questions posed in that knowing yeah. what's coming up um, yeah. and knowing how difficult our fixtures are, and I've always felt like if we're gonna if we're going to, you know, let's, let's make no crooks about it. We're in the playoff positions. Okay. Yeah. And deservedly so. And, and and as much as it is dreamland and as much as none of us would have expected this at the start of season and we would have snapped anyone's hand off, wouldn't we, for for the position that we're, we're, we're currently holding at the moment. Agree. But we are there, whether, you know, whether um, there's no bones about it. So I suppose what with that, it's it feels like, if we were to slip out of the playoffs, I think we would might maybe struggle a little bit. And I feel like if we're going to remain, we probably will have to remain there most of the season, um, if not all, all the season. Um, and that's why I suppose with the fixtures coming up, it feels like a bit of a must win for me. I just, but I, I understand yeah. what you're saying. It's it's not at this. Of course, not at this. It, we're not talking about um, Premier League or or championship status, for example, here. Yeah. It's going to be one lost um, in this one single game, of course not. Um, but I think where you see that when Birmingham are positioned and where they're positioned, it's it makes it one that you, you'd look back at the end of the season if we don't manage to remain in the playoffs and it's tight, you'd probably look back at this and, and say, well, maybe that was a game that we we needed to have won. Um, it's probably if, retrospectively. Maybe two of the things I'd say to that, because I agree, I think it's a massively important game and um, maybe it's just a little bit of the terminology, but it's it's, a, it's definitely a massively important game. There's a couple, a couple of points on that. I don't think the fixtures now after those two games look too bad. Um, there's there's a couple of not easy games. You know, Huddersfield have, have done decent and obviously Stoke are, are doing well. We've got the likes of Middlesbrough, Luton, um, Millwall in there as well. Blackpool not too far in the, in the distance and... Peterborough as well I think in the next kind of five or six games so after that even if you know look if we come out of those two games and the Birmingham game without having one let's say we we drew we drew on Tuesday night with Birmingham we might just be outside of the playoffs on that kind of after that period of games but kind of looking at it and saying well with those kind of five six games afterwards it, it actually wouldn't be too too much of a stretch for us to get back into the top six and I also think if we're if we're talking realistically and saying we are a team that can can actually threaten to, to go up, then look, why are we saying that we can't can't do something against West Brom and, and Bournemouth as well? If we're saying that kind of 
a Birmingham loss is is pretty much almost going to consign us to three losses before we've even played the next two games as well. But West Brom have, yeah. have lost a few games. They lost at the weekend. Well, both of them lost. obviously have lost at the weekend now as well. So I'm kind of thinking, well, look, if we're saying that we're a team that's realistically got a chance of, of making the playoffs and going up, then I don't think we should be writing off the those two games as as we've got no chance of doing anything but i, yeah, I agree with the, i agree with the point in in theory it's definitely a massive game because as much as i want to say that also i'm very worried about the prospect of playing those two teams as well so yeah it would be a massive game to win for sure yeah of course and it's also a home game um and and obviously we've struggled a little bit on the road haven't we and if we continue to do that in the rest of the season and all of the home games sadly become a lot more important but um Birmingham did most recently slip to a 2-0 defeat they had a player or player sent off uh, Gary Gardner for a pretty suspect headbutt I must admit really um not a lot in it and um but they looked a little over the place um terrible officiating for the first I don't know if anyone's had a chance to see that but the ball looked well out for for me yeah it's uh, you know again another side let down by um poor officiating but yeah they've they've lost their last two but previously had convincing wins against borough swansea and, and bristol city what, what else do we know about birmingham andy and the sort of players to watch out for yeah they seem to win in win and lose in bunches you know um as you just said they, they beat middlesbrough uh, Swansea and, and uh, Bristol City but before that they lost three in a row to West Brom Forest and QPR yeah and they've just lost two in a two in a row now so it, it looks like they might lose it again on 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 Tuesday so that'll make it three in a row and then they can go back on a winning run so let's hope so anyway um <clears throat> regarding what players they've got you know they've got Troy Deeney that was their yeah. big summer signing he's got Premier League experience don't think he's really set the world alight since going there, to be honest with you. Um, but always but a he, handful, I guess. Yeah. He's always a handful, but I'm saying the way Fads is playing at the moment, our back three should be able to deal with an olding Troy Deeney, if I'm being honest. Scott Hogan, obviously, again, who can score goals. He's a yeah. decent striker. Bella on the wing, again, he's a decent, tricky player. And they've got the usual suspects at the, at the back, back with Harley Dean and, and Sarkic in goal. So um, they've got some talent, they've got some experience, um, but there's nothing to fear here for us. Um, their away form is the seventh best in the league. Um, they've got 11 points out of a nine game. So that's, that's not too bad, to be honest. So we've got to be a little bit wary of that. They don't travel too badly. Uh, but they don't score many goals in those nine games away from home. They only scored nine. So, you know, they don't score bags for us as well. So hopefully um, we can, uh, they're on a bit of a bad run. So hopefully we can capitalise on that and get three more points at the CBS. Yeah, exactly. And um, any thoughts, Matt, how you think we'll line on, line up for this? Um, what would your preferred style be? I'd expect Robbins to probably go two back, you know, two up top back at home. But um, what would your preferred lineup be? Yeah, I agree. I think he's got to go back to the two up front for, for a home game against a team who aren't, um, you know, they're not Sheffield United in terms of the kind of the resources and the quality that they can they can call on it in their lineup. So yeah, I think yeah. Um, I think Kyokerez and, and Gordon have really shown themselves as a as a, a very strong championship uh, partnership, striking partnership. And as as often as we can get out into the game, um, you know, I'd like to see us doing it at home. We know the record at home, and just I, I don't think we want to we want to change too much from that perspective. So yeah, I'd definitely go back to um, 
to kind of that two up top option. I think he'll probably balance out against them. They'll likely do something similar, what they have done over the last few games as well. So probably quite balanced from that perspective. I just expect we'll we'll um we'll kind of handle it better than them. Yeah, brilliant. Well let's get some predictions. Andy, what how do you see this one going? Um I think it's gonna be a tight one, uh, but I think we'll nick it late on two one. Okay. And uh, Matt, I'm gonna use yours for the tweet league. Yeah, I'm going to say 1-0. I, I agree. I think it'll be a tight game. I think their um, their record shows they haven't really conceded. Or they haven't scored a lot, but they haven't conceded a lot either. I think outside of um, maybe Derby in the bottom half, they, uh, they've they got the be- better defensive records. So I don't think they're a team that we're going to blow away or, or anything at all. But I, uh, yeah, I think we'll nick it 1-0. You're listening to Sky Blues Extra. It's then off to the south coast for the Sky Blues, who will take on high-flying Bournemouth. This is going to be a tricky affair, Andy, but they've shown to be a bit vulnerable at times. A 3-2 loss away to Derby earlier in the day, um, but have scored 33 goals this season. Are you worried about their attacking prowess? Yeah, this is this is a difficult game away from home. Um, you know, they've scored bagfuls of goals. Um, you know, they, I know, but saying that, they, they lost to Derby at the weekend. Uh, I know they beat Swansea before that 4-0, but then they did lose to Preston, and Preston are a poor, poor side, in my opinion. So they are, uh, they are, they are chinks in their armour, like any good side, but I think this will be a really tough game, maybe the toughest game of the season so far for us. And um be a really good test for, um, for us and uh, away from home. And uh, I think Robbins probably might go back to playing one up front like he did against Sheffield United. I can't see him playing two up front against Bournemouth. But, try and be hard uh, to build, beat. Yeah, and try and nick a point away from home. I think that might be a wise way of going things. And But, you know, it's a good fixture, isn't it? You know, um, they were in the Premier League not long back and it's an exciting, nice place to go to as well, Dave, Bournemouth, die the sea. Yeah, um, a bit of fresh air for once. A bit of fresh air for once, yeah, a bit of a view. So, yeah, um, no, you know, you want to go to these places and put your wits against the best, don't you? So nothing to fear and then everything to gain, in my opinion. So, yeah, let's go and see what, we, what we're all about. And Matt, you've kindly been doing a little bit of digging and research for us about Bournemouth and how they've performed so far this season and perhaps some players that we should be watching out for. Yeah, the um, the surprise loss against Derby this weekend is, is seeing them drop to second, which is... Feels like it's the first time this season they haven't been top really. They've kind of held that that top position for a majority of the season, but it won't feel too sorry for them. They've still got that eight point gap to third, so they are still looking a a solid bet to to kind of fill one of those automatic promotion places. Um, having said that, kind of the form has dipped for them a little bit. They haven't lost before the last three games, and now it is, as Andy mentioned, two defeats in the last three, and um, you know a couple of those losses have come to. It's quite surprising teams in precedent and Derby as well. Obviously, it has been sandwiched by that win against uh, Swansea, which was 4-0, which is an impressive performance yeah. from them. So um, so there is maybe a few signs in there which can give us a little bit of optimism. But, you know, they're already um, kind of 40 points from 18 games. Pretty impressive haul there. Second highest scorers in the league with 33 goals, we mentioned. But it's not just that side of things. They've got the best defensive record in the league as well, which is 13 conceded. Um, and that's obviously including three that, that have just been shipped to Derby as well. So wow. before that, they were looking really um, difficult to break down. But in terms of players, I mean, you could you could really kind of look through the squad and, and not struggle to to find um, somebody in, in pretty much every position. Obviously, probably the standout has been Solanke with his 
14 goals this season has um, really come to, to form so far this campaign. But yeah, as you say, the, the, the money they've spent obviously over a few years of being in the Premiership is still benefiting them. They've got Jefferson yeah. Lerma there at the club who, you know, you're talking about 30 million signing from a few years ago. Billing was 15 yeah. million. Mepham, you know, 12, 15. Lloyd Kelly, 13, 15 million as well. And, and kind of players that they've brought in on, on a free or, or not spent money on as well. You've got the likes of, and I think a good signing for them is, is Gary Cahill, even though he's going to be 36 in um, yeah, exactly yeah. in a couple of weeks' time. You, yeah. You're looking at a, a really experienced quality player. I mean, he was playing... Someone that's been around Champions League, you know, Exactly, teams. yeah. It's, yeah, it's, and still playing Premier League last season with Crystal Palace and, and getting a lot of game time for them. And I think a smart player to bring into that team because they've got quite a few young players as well and he kind of just brings that experience there. So, um, yeah, going to be going to be a tricky one, I have to agree. Okay, Matt. Well, I'm going to let you tell me your prediction first of all. I am unfortunately going to have to go with <laughs> go with the loss of this one. I the think. head rather than the heart. <laughs> yeah, I, unfortunately, I, I do agree. It's, it's almost one of those, and especially if we can get that um, must-win result from Birmingham, pick up the three points there. We can kind of almost go into it a little bit with um, the pressure off a little bit. You know, it's one of those games you kind of want to get out of the way and, and just give it a go. I still think we'll. we'll as Andy says, go with three in midfield, but I'm going to say 3-1, unfortunately, with this one to Bournemouth. OK. And Andy? Yeah, I think they'll beat us, if I'm being honest. Um, yeah. <laughs> the best I could hope for is, is maybe a get a draw like we did at the weekend, but they're so free scoring. I can see them scoring and I, I can't see us doing the same the other way. So I think I think it would be a 2-0 loss, to be honest, to Bournemouth. Well, 2-0 shouldn't dent the uh, goal no. difference too much. But um, I think, you know, I'd have to agree with you. It's going to be a really, really tough fixture. But, you know, Mark Robbins, we always seem to up our game, don't we? We all were going into the Fulham game, albeit at home, um, all obviously very worried. And um, we all saw how that, that one ended. Really? So that's, you know, fingers crossed we can, can pick something up. And before we cut off for the evening, I do want to just bring into you, because we spoke about earlier on, guys, about the fact that must-win games here, you know, are they must-win? And, and teams are really stacking up, aren't they, behind us now? Um, we had a few favours this weekend, but I want to go to you first, Andy, and then you, Matt. How confident are you of perhaps remain in those playoff spots um, come the sort of often touted important post-Christmas or that second part of the season? Do you think we'll still be around the playoffs come, you know, uh, January when, when you look at the fixtures that we've got coming up, Andy? I think we will be. I think we'll be around it. Um, I can't see us going on such a bad, bad run of results and seeing us, you know, we may drop out of the playoffs, Dave. Yeah, maybe. And, you know, but I think we'll still be a few points around it. So, um, you know, there's there's everything to be hopeful for. Um, you know, we had a bit of a we had a bit of a sticky spell, didn't we, a few weeks ago? But we seem to be coming out of that um, well. Um, I think the international break helped regarding obviously uh, tiredness and, and fitness problems. Yeah, um, yeah, I mean it was it was a confident performance against yeah, Hull, it was. Hull, wasn't it? Um yeah. away. Okay, yeah. we, we we broke them down but we did what we had to do. It wasn't the, mm. it wasn't the you know uh, it won't be shown across on the highlight reels for years to come. But no. it you know it was an important win and then the character that we showed to come back against Bristol City was was absolutely massive, wasn't it? To go yeah, into the international scene. So we, we I, definitely returned a bit of a corner um, sort of post-Luton. 
But to answer your question, to see, I think it all depends on our away form, Dave. I think yeah. we'll always get points at, at the CBS. I think the atmosphere there at the moment is is untouchable. I think it's brilliant place to, for the players to play. I think we've got a real momentum there. But to answer your question, whether we'll be around the playoffs, I think that depends on our away form, Dave. Because yeah, we got a good result on Saturday. We got a good result against Hull, but it's still a question mark for me. Um, our away form. Yeah. If we can. Start picking a few more results away from home. No reason why we can't flirt with the playoffs this season, but it all depends on that for me. Exactly. And I'm going to ask you, Matt, as well, but I'm also not going to put you on the spot because I'm sure um, you've not done the research for this, and I certainly haven't. But I'd be really interested, just on the whole, how do we feel that our away form has gone so far this system season um, in comparison to last? You know, we, we seem to have sorted out our away form to some extent, don't we? Um, and also, Matt, how you feel about that sort of January, um, where we'll be positionally? Yeah, it's one of those with the with the away form. I, I, it's probably not too dissimilar with with last season in terms of results, in terms of kind of performance, in terms of opportunity to pick up points, we've we've probably stepped it up a level. I think we've um, you could you could look at a few of the games and say well, we probably should have been picking up points from where we where we ended up kind of maybe not picking up points or as many as we could have. You know, just off the top of my head, I could say you know Barnsley obviously we should we should have been taking yeah. something from Blackburn. We could have quite easily won that game. Um, even games like QPR, we were the best team in that better team in that game until kind of 65 minutes it's been we've kind yeah. of touched on it a bit earlier on those kind of 10 minute bursts where we've let ourselves down you could say Preston as well and yeah. um and probably a few others so I think in terms of kind of performance in terms of kind of the confidence when we go away now I do I do definitely have more confidence that we can um we struggled to lay a glove the season before didn't we whereas exactly. now you you much more you are much more confident I feel that you know going going away from home you are much more confident so totally a couple, couple of tweaks in in certain games a couple of moments of concentration and, and you think that could have been such a, a different story and and kind of made the difference in terms of points as well so yeah I think we're we're definitely there or thereabouts in terms of kind of our performance and um, opportunity to, to to pick up more points. But yeah, I think I don't see us being too far away come from January. Like I said, we've got those two difficult games after Birmingham for sure, and that, that's going to be a tricky run. But after that, you know, and you, and you look before the kind of the end of the year, you've got Huddersfield. I don't see any reason why we can't get something from that game home against Stoke. They're a good team, but. You know, at the CBS, are they are they really somebody for us to be too worried about? We've got Cardiff, who we know about their struggles, and, and Millwall at home, and then Luton, Peterborough, a um, couple of tricky games in there. So we might it might be one of those things. We, we've, we've probably been quite used to being third or fourth for the last couple of months now. It might be a bit more of there's a little bit more flexing in terms of we kind of drop down and, and come up a little bit, but I don't see that kind of going anywhere lower than let's say eighth or so. Um, and then hopefully, even if we were to drop after the next few games, we could, um, we've certainly got the opportunity in, in some of these games to, to get ourselves back up there in that top six. Yeah, no, exactly. Brilliant. Well, it all will be revealed, won't it, in, 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 in time. But some really interesting and great fixtures to look forward to. Um, what I feel is a really important game uh, on Tuesday night. And then obviously a bit of the, the bit of a freedom um, on the weekend at the, the South Coast. But that's all we've got time for this evening, chaps. Um, so thanks for joining me. 
And listeners, do make sure you check out our partners, Short and Horn, across their Facebook, Instagram and Twitter pages. And as always, if you want to get involved with anything we've discussed in the show, just make sure you use the hashtag SkyBluesExtraPodcast. Thanks for listening to the Sky Blues Extra Podcast. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver-assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.